NotFest.com presents Talk To Me. With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Talk To Me here on NotFest.com. As always, I'm Joshua Toomey, joined by the one and only Chris Aiken. Chris, how are we doing? Cold. It's cold over here. Can't you see the snow? It's extremely... You look like a... Are you in a black metal band now? Are you doing a photo shoot? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) This is my band, Screaming Fetus. Oh, nice. (laughs) Well, man, whose idea was it to to record on a Sunday night after a Titans loss? I know that we got Christmas stuff this week, and we had to record early in the week, but but man, coming in after that debacle of a game, man, come on. Oh, I don't know. I I think it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) My team played Saturday. I had all day to podcast today. (laughs) You had all day to watch other teams just just stink it up, man. What what an NFL season, man. The the games and the teams and everything is just going going all wonky, man. Dude, so I'm watching the um whatever game it was that Tony Romo was on today. The I think it was the Chiefs and the somebody. I'm, right. I wasn't paying that much attention to it. What are Chiefs and was it Chiefs and Chiefs Bengals? and Texans? Chiefs and Chief. Texans or right. Bengals or I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. But it was Tony Romo. And Tony Romo was trying to say, Isn't it great that we have such parody in the NFL? And I was like, Absolutely not. I hate <laughs> this season. This is like the worst season ever. I want good teams and I want bad teams. I don't want a bunch of mediocre teams. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm and, and I'm tired of these games. I don't know about you, and this weekend really made it happen to where it, it's unwatchable in, in some ways. I can't stand these these games where a team is up big at halftime and loses, like you the know, Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> yeah, like that game. Well, you know, I mean, that was the big one, the all time right. one. But then even today, the the Bengals and the uh, Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay was up uh, seventeen nothing at the, at the half, right? And loses thirty one to seventeen or something. It's crazy. It's it's, but that's not it. It's not enjoyable football, right? You know, to watch it to say I'm not. I mean, I don't like watching Tom Brady a whole lot anyway, but to watch it as a game. It's a shitty first half with one team dominating, and then okay, it's exciting for a little bit when the other team comes back, but then it gets crappy on the other side. <laughs> it's like this is not fun to watch, not even a little. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I would like watching comebacks, things like that. So I mean, I guess a little bit in there, but yeah, for the most part, man. I, if it's not my team, you know, I, I just want to see a good game. I don't really care how it goes. I, I would personally love like a Titans blowout. But that's just not going to happen with with what we've got going on. And and I'll t- uh, say right now to to our six Jacksonville Jaguar fan listeners, uh, congratulations on winning the division. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and concede it now. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and order your uh, uh, 2022 uh, division. You know, we run the South T-shirts. Yeah, and just remember, your uniform color still stinks. Yeah, those are some rough ones. Those are that. awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Those are like when the Seahawks go like highlighter yellow on me. Those are rough, man. You know what's another one that's really, really tough and is the um, the Denver 
when Denver does the all bright orange. Oh yeah. Like, that's pretty brutal too. <laughs> and the Browns do it too, but the Browns isn't as bright. Right. The the for whatever reason the Broncos orange is like, man, you gotta like adjust your colors on your television just to watch it. Same with the Seahawks. That Seahawks green is awful. That's just dumb color. Yeah, there's something about being up there in the Northwest where you just have to to just wear crazy stuff. Like the Oregon Ducks, you know, for a long time there. I mean, they just wore everything that they could possibly find at the Nike factory. And right. And uh, I don't know. Maybe something up there in the water. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it rains all the time. Their minds are a little scrambled. <laughs> They're a little bit bored. Yeah. Um. Man, last week I wanted to get into something and I completely forgot about it. I mean, last okay. week we like we rushed, rushed an episode out for you guys. So you're welcome if you enjoyed last week. But man, I just I just went in the right headspace last week. But uh, I went to see Jason Muse a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to bring that up on the show, man. Um, he played here at a, at, a, at the Louisville Comedy Club. Um, okay, a uh, new place that just opened. Well, I guess it's you know within the year. I mean, they've been open since I think they opened around New Year's last year. So so they've been open, I guess, about a year. And they have like monster every weekend, you know, um, just just all of like that level comedy guy, like each weekend, like Craig Robinson's going to be there and Brian Posehn's coming up. And, you know, your boy Landau was there, uh, you know, a few months ago, things like right, that, right. like like just just weekend, you know, heavy hitter after heavy hitter. But we just hadn't gone yet. Sure. And uh, Muse came through and he came through on a weekend that were available. And so we buy tickets. You know, I go on the Internet. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, so we get the tickets and we get down there and get right in. Get you know, we we for like ten extra bucks, you get the VIP seating. Which in hindsight, you almost don't want those first couple of rows of seats right right up front because they're you know, know. If, the, if there's any you know, uh, hey, where do you work, man? Oh, what a crazy job that is type stuff. So when we get there, they ask me where you want to sit, mm-hmm. and they've got like a little. Um, tables all around it and we sat like on the second row on the side so we were like far enough away um to where you know you're not right there to be like hey yeah. look at this guy's shirt what a crazy <laughs> shirt you know right but, but um it was a good show the the guy that came out was was i guess he's been doing some that's the, all right i'll start with this i never remember the openers names i hate okay. that because they're all you know and sometimes they're funny but I right. never, like, I never, ever remember their names. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, you go see an opening band and you like it. You're like, oh, yeah, man, fucking, you know, Satanic Rush or whatever, you know, like, right, whatever, sure. whatever. You, you remember their name. But but pe- especially when they have, like, hey, I'm A.J. Williams. Thank you. Good night. You know, yeah. super, super boring name. Mm-hmm. Um, but first guy was from Bloomington, Indiana, which I think Bloomington, Indiana, for me, is the, it's where the Indiana uh, University is, IU. Okay. Is. Um, you know, like three hours away or something. Right. Dude, the first 15 minutes of his act was like local humor, but like oh, local, local Bloomington humor, which I was like, I've never been to Bloomington. I don't understand right. any of these jokes. But the one thing about that is it just makes me realize how much I hate local humor. Right. Like if, if I go see comedy, I want to see jokes, like generalized worldly jokes. Like I don't want to hear like, mm-hmm. man, Traffic on I-65 is crazy, yeah. you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Well, dude, do you like I, I'm with you on this, but I'm with you on this on all levels except sports talk. Sports talk, I want to hear about my team and my town, right. but yeah. anything else, I could give a shit. Yeah. The last thing I want to hear is, oh, you're not gonna believe what's going on down at Playhouse Square this weekend. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm I'm don't believe it because I don't care. <laughs> not listening well, to just- that. There, there's nothing worse than like I think I, I I think I finally figured it out. 
local humor to me is nothing more than like the jokes that people tell at work. Yeah. Like, like, oh man, traffic is this. And oh man, did you see that? You know, the, uh, <laughs> like, you know, if you're in like Pennsylvania, like, oh, PennDOT, they're still working on the roads, you know, all that kind of humor <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, dude, I can't, I, I, this is not what I paid for. Local anything is just nothing but designed for people that don't do anything with their yeah. lives except stay in town. Right. You know, oh God, there's a flower show. Let's talk about it. No, let's not. Cause that's boring as shit. And stop and the, it. Every time I see comedians on like Instagram reels or Facebook, or whatever they are, reels and shorts mm-hmm. and whatever, it always, it just seems like a lot of crowd work. I'm like, are comedians just getting up there and doing just straight crowd work now? I, I don't, I don't get it, man. It's, it's, it's too much. I'll tell you, you, you know, I've been to quite a few comedy shows here in the mm-hmm. last decade, I guess, probably more than I've been to in my life. It's it it's the increasing non-understanding of people at the comedy shows. Yeah. It's not that the comedians are doing more crowd work. It's that people are fucking idiots at the shows. They're on their phones. <laughs> they're taking calls. Yeah. I, I want to punch any. If I'm at a comedy show and somebody answers their fucking phone. Yeah. I wish the bouncer would just come over and punch him in the fucking face because <laughs> it's like you're in a comedy club. Turn your yeah. phone off. But it happens all the time. It used to just be movies. I don't know if you've had that fun experience with the right. go to the movie theater and some dummy is first they answer their phone. Right. And then they're like, Hey, I can't talk right now. I'm in the theater. Well, you're what? talking right now in the theater, <laughs> you dick. Send a text. Yeah. Or, or don't send a text. You leave the theater right. if it's that fucking important. Oh, I was I was at something recently and the guy like I mean it was he was a good 20 rows ahead of me at the movies but I could clearly see on his phone as the movie was starting he was still playing chess oh Jesus. I was just like you're playing chess like at the movies yeah. like put your fucking phone away yeah or sit at the top right sit all the way at the top where nobody's gonna see the light off of your dumb phone right but first guy like I said local humor he once he got out of the local humor stuff then he started selling like these I'm a parent of three kids and here are my wacky kid stories. And, and the whole time I'm like, I'm just being a, I'm being a dick to Melissa. And I'm like, this, none of this happens. Like none of this. <laughs> like, he, he got a couple of laughs, but he was fine. But it was funny because they said he had just done a special for CMT. So I was just like, whatever. Um, second guy got up there and um, he had like, uh, what did he have? He had, uh, he was autistic. Okay. And, and, he, you know, he, he had a pretty strong act based around the, cause he was kind of shaking a little bit, you know, and he was like, Hey ladies, you know, I'm like this all the time and all over. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleasure in bed type stuff. He was, he was really funny. And once he got going, he was really good. Once again, no idea who he is, what his name was, but uh, <laughs> now, so was he really good? Or was he really good because you were giving him sympathy because he has an affliction? No, he played, I, he, he had a very limited act. Like I'm, okay. I'm assuming once you saw his act once, that's because it. it was just straight. I'm autistic and I shake yeah. and yes, I'm still vibrating. And cause he had like a tick and he was kind of wave, you know, like he was just kind of shaky all the time. So very limited act. That's, okay. uh, that's all I can say with that guy. All right. Um, and then we get up to Jason Muse, which I've seen Kevin Smith live a few times. I've seen Kevin and Jason Smith live a few times doing their, their, their Kevin and uh, Jason get old podcast. Sure. Things like that. So I was, I was excited to see Jason Muse, huge fan of the View Askew universe. You know, 
I'm, I'm my favorite small rats. Throw in your comments what your favorite, uh, uh, you know, view askew universe movie is right there. But, um, I love mall rats. I love Muse. I, I've loved that guy forever. Okay. Um, w- Melissa and I have gone to a f- to see a few people that that kind of away from their surroundings, not as good. Like we went to see the guy that does the voice of Tina on Bob's Burgers. She loves Bob's Burgers. We we drove like you know an hour and a <laughs> half to uh, Lexington to see this guy. Sure, awful comedian. Like it was <laughs> it was he was reading from a notepad like one oh. line like one liners. And they weren't like they were supposed to be like edgy, like right. one-liners, but they just weren't good. <laughs> um, we really like the the podcast, The Dollop. Okay. And um, uh, Gareth Reynolds uh, is half of The Dollop. He's actually super funny. It's like The Dollop. If you've never heard it, you know the one guy kind of reads reads some history, right? Uh, uh, a story from history, and Gareth kind of makes fun of it the whole time. Super funny. Okay. Again, we get out there his act is terrible. Like this is just not <laughs> like we were just so bummed out. So again, we kind of, so we go into this very skeptical of like what's going to happen with just Jason Muse by himself. And I will say, you know, he, he leaned into, you know, being Jay a lot, sure. but, but that's what you want. You don't, you don't want him to just stray and be like, you know, Hey, look at your crazy shirt. You know I mean? He came out to the mother, mother, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, fuck. You know, right, he, right. he, he kind of, you know, sang along to that joking around and, you know, did the, you know, talked about like, you know, sucking off things like circus seals and just, just kind of threw in everything. But he, he did a lot of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he told some stuff that I already knew, like kind of how him and Kevin met. And if you're sure. a hard, if you're a hardcore fan, you're kind of already know some of this stuff. But he, so he talked about, you know, meeting Kevin Smith and basically all the guys on comic book men, you know, they, they were all, like uh, you know a couple of years older than jason and so jason was sure. just kind of the wild you know kid that came around him i mean anybody that's a fan kind of knows some of those stories but he he told those stories and told stories about making clerks and i think overall man i i went away from that just just 100 percent uh you know satisfied with with his performance sure i saw him um right before the pandemic hit i saw him and i dude what's funny is i couldn't find anybody to go with me <laughs> which was right. dry, which drove me nuts. Like I, you know, I, I was pumped. Same, same like right. you, I love anything, mm-hmm. anything in Kevin Smith's spectrum other than red state. I love, right. You know? And, um, and I was like, Jason Muse, Holy fuck. I got to go see this. And I, yeah. I bought two tickets without even having somebody to go. I figured somebody will go. And I'll, especially <laughs> I'm offered a free ticket to go. Right. You know, I figured somebody will go. I must've called 15 fucking friends. Nobody wanted to go. Yeah. So finally, my my friend John, his wife Stephanie, went with me. But she went. She didn't want to go. She just was like, eh. <laughs> "Sympathy went, date." Well, she went on the premise that I was going to buy dinner. I think. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it was really, it was really not not like she was like excited to go. But man, we went and and like you said, it was it was storyteller hour. I mean, he mm-hmm. does he does some bits, but most yeah. of it is story. The good stuff was all the storyteller stuff, and he tells yeah. a lot of stories and a lot of. He puts a lot out there that mm-hmm. you're you're really kind of surprised. You come away surprised with, wow, that you know that's a lot of like deeper shit about like <laughs> your kid or whatever. It's like, yeah. whoa, he's up, dude. <laughs> but great show. He he puts on a great show. I would go see that again in a minute. Yeah, this is this new comedy club, and it's it's kind of in the back of a like back of a brewery. You know, so you kind of go into the brewery and you go to the left, there's the bar and the restaurant and you go to the right and you kind of walk down this hallway and walk back. And 
like I said, man, they, they heavy. I think we've got, we've got, uh, it's, they, they also papering a lot of stuff. So they've got, um, uh, they're giving away tickets to some upcoming shows. And, you know, we signed up for some free tickets, you know, here and there, because honestly, I love going to see comedy. Like that's yeah. one of my, one of my favorite things to do, but you know, it's funny is we actually had a third ticket because I have a friend that anytime any of the Kevin Smith stuff happens, you know, it's basically like, you know, either he or I will just buy two tickets knowing that the other person is going to go. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't able to go to this. And so we, tr- we tried, like I said, 10, 15 people like you did. And yeah. we ended up, we ended up just eating the third ticket because no one, no one would go with us. Yeah. What is a, you know, I don't understand why people would want to go to comedy. It, yeah. it, it, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. It takes, it, it's shorter. It's not a three to five hour event. You know, it's like what hour and a half between the all right. three comics. You know, it's like, it's, it's short. It's fun. The seats are good. You can always mm-hmm. hear yeah. And, um, you know, and it's cheap. I mean, honestly, I mean, what, what did Muse cost? 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Yeah. It was like 35, I think it was 30, 35. And that was the VIP yeah. section. That's the full experience. You probably could have got tickets for 20. Yeah. It was like 20, I think it was 25 or 35. I think. Yeah. If you wanted to yeah. sit in the back, which would be, yeah. you know, an extra six feet past where you were, <laughs> right. you know, and the back was fine bucks. too. But yeah. you know, the whole, That's the what whole I'm place saying. cool. When, you know, we're, we, we talk about the Metallica shows at seven thousand dollars. Here you go. You go see. You go see a guy that's been in like ten really funny movies for twenty bucks. You know, it's funny as I actually looked back onto the ticket prices to see because a lot of times those those kind of dudes will have like a hundred and fifty dollar meet the guy package. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, uh, for hundred fifty bucks, what I mean, you know, I I was like that photo would just last on my you know socials forever if I sure. met Jason Muse. I was like. I was trying to think. I was like, I could probably write this off, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> you know, put it as a write-off for uh, for right. for not fest and whatnot. But yeah, I was. But they actually, he didn't have any kind of um, he didn't have any kind of um, uh, you know, meet yeah, the guy back. I I think because, and, and I don't know, this is me totally guessing, but mm-hmm. I, I think because he's had so many problems with the drugs, yeah, and he's fought so hard to do the drugs. I think they just don't want him <laughs> right. interacting with people and somebody handing him a little bag and like, here, bro. Oh Just yeah. In case you need a pickup, you know, you know, and that because I thought the same thing. I was like, man, if I get a picture with Jason Muse, that'll be my fucking right. Facebook. That'll be my Facebook profile picture for till the end of time, <laughs> right? <laughs> or until I get one with Kevin Smith. I mean, that's that's really what it would be. <laughs> I was at uh, they did when they were screening um, Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. Okay. Um, they were, they, they came to the Louisville comic, uh, convention or whatever. And so we bought tickets to go see that. Actually, we saw Carrie Fisher that day, my friend Casey and I, who, who wow. goes to see all the, uh, uh, you know, Jay and Silent Bob stuff, but we, there was a panel. She did, she did like a Q and a panel. Okay. And I was like, you know, so, so we went and saw her she was really good, you know, whatever. And then, uh, we were walking to the bathroom or something and all of a sudden Kevin Smith just kind of starts walking at us. I mean, it's still far enough away, but I'm just like, that's fucking Kevin Smith. <laughs> and not the Kevin Smith that's always commenting on the YouTubes. I do appreciate that Kevin Smith too. It's not the same guy? No, no. I, I was Damn I was it. I was convinced for at least three weeks that Kevin Smith was just a giant fan of the yeah, uh, Talk to Me podcast featuring Chris Aiken. That's what <laughs> I thought. That's that's dude, here here's a Kevin Smith story. I don't think I've ever told you this. Back okay. eons and eons ago. Um Neely and I, we, we launched our own radio, internet radio station, right at the beginning of internet radio. Okay. And we had our show on it, but that's all it would do is just play our show over and over and over. 
And this was right at the very tip top beginning of podcasts. And one of the first podcasts I ever had on it with us was the Smodcast. Oh, wow. And, and, and it was through emailing back and forth with Kevin Smith. I never talked to him on the phone or anything, but we emailed back and forth and he would send me the, co- you know, an, an episode of every week or at least a link to it. And he'd be like, here you go. You know, so, so I actually had interaction with Kevin a little tiny bit, not, it's not like it was like, Hey bro, come on, come on over for dinner and weed, you know, wasn't like that. <laughs> right. but, but it was, you know, I actually did do a little project with Kevin Smith and man, how long ago was that? The beginning of the Smodcast. It was literally like episodes, like one and two. Wow. So that's probably like 20 years ago. One of my favorite ever Kevin Smith, I'm assuming it was a Smodcast episode, but he had Mikey and Gerard way of my chemical romance on because they're all, they're all like New Jersey guys. And he, he'll go on and on about how much he loves the black parade by my chemical romance. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, so he had both those guys on and he, it's actually a two part episode and it's supposed to, they were supposed to be on just to talk about the song, the black parade, right? The first half of the episode, the first hour and a half, two hours is just him just gushing over my chemical romance <laughs> and my chemical romance kind of gushing on, on Kevin Smith. Sure. And then the second is they, they actually play the song and break it down. Kind of like, what do you, what are you thinking about here? What was going on here? What was the inspiration for this part? And it's one of the cooler interviews I've ever heard just because Kevin is such a fanboy. Sure. And so when, even like when the first, he goes, let's play this song for a minute and we'll stop, you know, and talk about it. And that very first note from the piano, it's like, ding. And he's positive. He's like, all right, whose idea was the piano? You know, and just <laughs> it's it's truly like some of the greatest, uh, you know, podcasts out there. Sure. This podcast is great. I haven't yeah. listened to it in a while, but I'm imagining it's still pretty good. I still I still listen to a lot of Fat Man on Batman or Fat Man. Yeah. Fat Man, whatever it is the, the him and right. the, the other guy. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, that, that one I listen to a lot. That one's kind of a, a Saturday. I don't have anything else to listen to. Sure. You know, kill some time episode. The, the last thing on the muse thing, I think it's funny. You, if someone just looked at Melissa and I, you could tell we weren't on a first date because Melissa like hadn't eaten all day. Right. She or so like when the lady came by, she got our drink order and she's like, all right, and we need to throw in some nachos and some uh, pretzel bites. <laughs> and then the pretzel bites came. And we just woofed those down and we got something else after that or some tater tots or something or a plate, right. of, plate of garlic fries came after that. And I was just laughing. I was like, you can definitely know we aren't we aren't on a first date and nobody's <laughs> trying to to show that we don't pig out on food when we're around. It. <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> awesome. But uh, one uh, one show uh, show note shows some show housekeeping. Um, yeah. From now on, the podcast will still be out on Thursday. YouTube will come out on Saturdays. Right, kind of kind of moving forward. And Chris and I are also in the in the process of giving this podcast a name and kind of keeping Talk to Me as my interviews uh, series and kind of giving this you know having its uh, being its own show. That's right. So so far they haven't liked any of the names we've submitted, have they? Uh, you know, making bacon with Aiken, you know, didn't just didn't work. And they didn't like ChrisFest.com. <laughs> not notfest.com. Not, no, not yet. <laughs> we could have like the not man, but it'd be like not 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 not. Actually, right. I need that sound. I need to get that sound uh, sound clip now. But yeah, <laughs> YouTube's will be out on uh, on Saturdays. Saturdays, ten a.m. Eastern gonna have a set time too, 10 a.m eastern all right all right let's dive into our favorite favorite uh segment all right what rockers have to say about the pantera reunion oh my god 
Uh, your buddy Tim Ripper Owens says Pantera Tour should be billed as a celebration. Yes. <laughs> Former Judas Priest frontman Tim Ripper Owens has weighed in on the fact that there's Pantera surviving members, Phil Anselmo, uh, Rex Brown, have united with uh, Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante for a world tour under the Pantera banner. I didn't hear about that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something. Oh, actually, I didn't even realize what this was on. Look at that. It's on my network, baby. Uh, <laughs> Owens <laughs> discussed his views on Pantera during an appearance on the Smokin' Talk and Roll podcast that you can be find, found on the CMS Podcast Network. That's right. Uh, he said, as transcribed by Blabbermouth.net, I think it's great as long as they don't say it's, it's not Pantera. It's a celebration. Uh, of Pantera. I think it should be written on the top of it. Celebration of Pantera. People are loving it. Obviously, people hate everything, right? Go over to Blabbermouth or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Blabbermouth will uh will will put you on blab or uh, put you uh you know we'll quote you if you say anything about Blabbermouth. Yeah, if you mention uh, Blabbermouth, that's an easy way to get cheap a cheap plug on Blabbermouth, even if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so Tim went and joined Judas Priest, right? Yes, he did. So why didn't he, they call that era of Judas Priest like a celebration of Judas Priest music? Because Tim's talking out both sides of his mouth, apparently. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, I just think, I honestly think that we're just in a different time. And I think yeah. that's the piece that everybody's forgetting. Back then, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever it was, when Tim joined Judas Priest. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was a big deal having a member switch, having right. David Lee Roth subbed out with Sammy Hagar or, or Gary Sharon or whatever. You know, I mean, it was that was like a big thing. Now it really doesn't matter how many bands, how many bands actually have the the original guys. Almost none of them, right? And that includes modern bands. I mean, how many modern bands go? I don't know three albums with the same with the same lineup. And I'm talking, you know, like Trivium, like yeah. Kill Switch Engage, <laughs> like uh, Corn, like, mm. uh, you know, any of them, anything, you know, anything sort of modern, they get to that third album and somebody splinters off. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, it's in today's world, I think everybody only cares about the music itself. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's not a there's not a video channel anymore. You know, like in the 80s, you had the MTV. So everybody recognized the guys but in today's world i mean i'll be honest i like you know we were talking about my chemical romance a little bit ago mm -hmm. i couldn't pick one of those guys out if they were standing right here doesn't mean i don't like their tunes i just right. don't know what they look like because i never really paid much attention to their videos yeah that's one of those things too where you know they they were kind of the the spinal tap you know combustible drummer thing for a long time too where they right. had you know guy on first and second album and then like a new guy popped up and then you know now it's kind of a rotating door of drummers um i mean the main four up front are are consistent but the uh the drummer's kind of a revolving door in that band yeah i i mean at in the end though do, does it matter if phil anselmo calls this thing cowboys from hell does that make it any better or worse other than for selling purposes, right. the, the only place that it should make a difference is between the promoter and the band. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why the fans give a shit. You know, it's, it's Pantera. <laughs> it's not Pantera. It's what, you know, it's, it's whatever is Metallica still Metallica. They're, th they're on their what fifth member change. 
third bass player, second guitar player. Yeah. yeah so yeah. So I mean, <laughs> no so Louis that, Grant, no Metallica. Yeah. So is that really Metallica? Because it's right. not the original guys. You know, I mean, I mean, is Megadeth really Megadeth? Because they're on their four hundredth player. I mean, Megadeth is Dave Mustaine and Friends. Yeah, but why is that accepted? Uh, I mean, that's 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 the whole thing. Everybody has this. It all comes down to the passion place of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a passion for album X, whatever it is, then you'll hold it tight. Look, I'm you and I talked about this when this whole tour thing was or this whole Pantera thing was first announced. Neither of us like it. Right. Neither of us are like, oh, my God, you know, that. This is not Pantera. I, I think we both sort of think that it's like right. you, you can't be Pantera without Dimebag. But in the end, I don't give a shit what it's what it's called. <laughs> right. Bottom line was tickets went on sale, and I went out the day they went on sale and got them. I because- think I would have been madder had 2002 Phil Rex, you know Charlie and Zach got together as yeah. Pantera. Sure. You know, like then, then I probably would have been more on board. How people are so angry about yeah. it. Like this is a pant like yeah. because they're still available, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but but now I'm like, or even on. if it would have happened just after Dime's death, yeah. If they would have done it in 2005, then yeah, okay, then we're all gonna be furious because it's all fresh. It's a fresh wound. But they've but given it plenty of time, man. They've well, 2005. It- are you saying 2005 with Vinnie Paul though? Vinny not in the band. Okay, yeah, this, that would have been that would have been tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying if, if Vinny's involved in 2005, and it's and then and they're doing the whole it's a tribute thing, then I then I'm on board. But yeah, no Vinny in 2005, I'd probably been pretty bummed about. Yeah, that. I I mean, dude, in if here's where I would be mad right now, and this is the only way, and and they've covered the base. If either of the family camps of the Abbots was saying this is bullshit, it shouldn't be happening. Right. Then I'd probably be a little bit you know, I would feel like they're disrespecting the legacy, right. but they're clearly not. Rita's come out and said, she's a hundred percent behind this thing. And uh, didn't Vinnie Paul's family said that they were too, right. Or the camp. Yeah. I don't know if it's the his camp. family or the camp or whatever, but I still think Rita's heavily involved in his estate too. That's the, that's the only thing. It's like, it's like when the estate of both families say it's okay, but it's really just Rita. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> kind but of even still, that, yeah. yeah, you know, they're getting paid. Yeah. Which I mean, I think if you're a true Pantera fan and, and Rita okay's Phil doing this, I mean that's a yeah. big step. Uh, yeah. Oh. That's and I, that that's what I'm saying. If it was if Rita Haney would have come out immediately and said, This is bullshit, right. this is just Phil trying to extend the illegals further, you know, then then I could see where people would be rightly upset. But everybody that that is touched by this has signed off on it. Right. So who cares at this point? You know, you know what I care about when I see those videos at not fest chili and I oh, see God. the entire goddamn crowd yeah. losing their mind. Yeah. And, that not fest chili photo or the videos are banana sandwiches, man. And, and, and that's coming here. Yeah. I don't care what you call it. I just want to be one of those people bouncing during Cowboys from hell. I think my favorite qu- comment on all that i think was matt from uh matt hafey from trivium said and this is why everyone films their live dvds in chile <laughs> yeah <laughs> because those like that's that looked like 1998 or 1995 pantera yeah i mean that looks insane mm-hmm. and if you can watch that as somebody that likes those songs and and yeah. honestly say you don't want to participate in that well then fuck you stay home 
Right. You know, I don't care what it's called. That looks cool. <laughs> that looks like something. When's the last time? I mean, do you go to a bunch of shows? When's the last time you saw that kind of energy? Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. I remember when we went to see the the final Slayer show at the the arena here. Mm -hmm. We had some, you know, we had seats pretty close to general admission and fill in some on the illegals come out and they do a Pantera set. Crowd barely moved. You know, Primus did a set. Crowd mm -hmm. barely moved. Um, who else was on that bill? Uh, Ministry did a set of uh, just bangers. Sure. Crowd, crowd barely moved. Slayer comes out. Dude's, you know, does a greatest hit set crowd barely move. Like it wasn't anything going like, so, you yeah. know, cause it's a bunch of old dudes, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and I, I would, I would hundred percent be down there too. Not moving. Like I, you know, I'm not saying mm -hmm. I'm not putting them down. I've, I've never been much of a pit guy or a pogo guy or anything yeah. like that. So I, I mean, I used to be in the pit always. I used to, it was very regular for me to come out, come out and need a day or two of kind of laying around after shows from, <laughs> from getting the hell beat out of me in the stretching, like, oh. oh dude it was it used to be so bad just coming out just looking like i got hit by a car because i'd just be all battered and bruised but but i mean that is just that is the epitome of fun yeah. and when 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 you get into a show with that kind of energy coming from the stage and throwing it back at the stage yeah and I mean, it has been for me, the last time I can remember something that crazy is probably, probably Pantera on far beyond driven. The, the Pantera Sepultura biohazard show. Oh, wow. Because that show was just, it was at the Richfield Coliseum here in Cleveland. And I mean, it was just, there's people moshing in, in bolted down seats. They were moshing in the rows, just banging back and forth into each other in the rows. Wow. It was fucking ridiculous. And, and you know, now seeing that as a Pantera fan, I can't wait. November 10th or whatever the date is of my show. 2031. Uh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be waiting. Well, speaking of the fans, this will lead us right into our favorite uh, segment here on the Talk To Me podcast. What rockers are saying about the Pantera reunion tour? Yes. Uh, Machine Head's Rob Flynn on the Pantera comeback. It's going to be awesome for the fans. Oh. So, <laughs> in know, other words, I'm still against it. I'm still bitter, but I'll, I, I, need a, I need attention, so I'll make a statement. Uh, Flynn discussed his views on the Pantera comeback in an interview with Brazilian journalist Gustavo Malato. I'm probably butchered the shit out of that one. <laughs> um, as transcribed by blabbermouth.net. I think it's going to be awesome for the fans. I think you, if you were born in 1999, two years before Pantera broke up, you're going to get to see those songs again and the band live, which is cool and good for the fans. Yeah. In other words, I, I can get my name in the press without exactly <laughs> saying good things about the band and about Phil. So I'll do that. Yeah, that that's crazy. I mean, uh, of all people, Rob Flynn saying anything positive about this uh, reunion is, is crazy. Well, he's not, he's saying it's good for the fans, right? I guess you're right. You're right. He's not saying anything at all. <laughs> good about them doing it, about it being out there. Nothing. He's saying, well, if you're a fan, good for you, you know, now you have something to do. Okay. <laughs> Well, we can do something with that money we save from not going to see Catharsis. Thank you. The speaking of our upcoming top ten, I was kind of going through some stuff. Man, that fucking Machine Head album this year, Jesus Christ, man! Well, I'll give you a hint. It's in my top ten. <laughs> it's definitely, it'll be in my top ten also. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those. Look, as much as I really don't like Rob Flynn these days because all of his politicking and all of his right. bullshit online. <laughs> 
it is really, really, really impossible to say that that album is not just special. It is a, it is a fucking great record. I'm kind of wondering if, if a single can make it into my top 10, um, with Luxie Turner, I'm like, can you, can you just put a single <laughs> as part of your top 10 list? Maybe it'll be in the, uh, I guess it'll be in next year's top 10 if the album kind of delivers like it should. Yeah. Yeah. You can't put a single. Come on. That's cheating. Uh, kind of, kind of leads us right into, uh, I know you watched this and I have not watched this. So I was going to give you, get, I know you talk a little bit about it on the CMS, so we'll keep it brief. Okay. Um, Metallica's third helping hands concert. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the benefit that, uh, the benefit, the bands all within my hands foundation can now be live streamed below taking place at the Microsoft theater in Los Angeles. The third edition of the helping hands concert and audition uh, auction. Jesus is scheduled to open with a fan's special set from guest creator van fleet, followed by a unique set from Metallica. So talk to me a little bit about this uh, concert. You, you uh, watched it. I watched it. I'm disappointed in it. They just didn't have other than the debut of Lux Eterna. They just didn't have any zip. I mean, I, 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 and to be clear, I only watched probably the second half of it. Okay. I didn't even remember it was on. And then um, a friend actually texted me. I was like, Hey, are you watching the Metallica? I was like, Oh, something to do as I laid around watching good times reruns. So I flipped <laughs> it. I flipped it over and I'm watching it. I watched the second half. And other than Luxie Turner, I was bored to tears. They, they didn't seem like they wanted to be there. Hetfield had no energy. Just, he was just, I, I said this on the CMS. It was like a poetry reading. He was just like, eh, harvester of sorrow. Yeah. You know, just no, <laughs> no fire in it. Then they, they go into nothing else matters. They do, you know how um, Hammett always does that little solo thing that leads into nothing else matters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's clanking notes all over the place. I mean, hmm. like, like a, a brand new guitar player. It's like, I'm like, what is this? Then, then they bring out some, some girl and I guess she's a popular singer, somebody called St. Vincent, which I am not familiar with at all. Okay. Yeah. But she sings it and reduces Hetfield to the harmonizing vocal. Like, it's Hmm. not like a, not so much a duo as she sings the song. Right. And it's not very good. And <laughs> I just was like, what are they doing here? Even at the end, they ended with Seek and Destroy with zero Hetfield snarl in it. So it's just like, um, search in, seek and destroy. You know, it was just <laughs> like, yeah, what happened here? And I, I, I don't know. I watched it and I just was like, man, I'm going to be home early from Ford Field next year. If this is what they're giving us, I will be walking away. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still will give this a chance. I haven't. Uh, I, I saw a little bit of the Lexi Turner performance. It's funny because at the beginning of it, I guess Lars goes to count it out on his China symbol, and the China tilts over a little yeah, bit. Tilted wrong. So instead of like fixing it himself, like just reaching over it's and like, putting it back up, he like jumps up, points yeah. at it, like points at his drum tech, like stops yeah. the whole show. I'm like, Jesus Christ, slave, <laughs> my drum kit. Yeah, fix my kit. <laughs> it's awful man yeah it, it, and if you watch that video because i watched that exact spot he does like the rich guy thing he goes 
Yeah. Like this. It's like, dude, stop being such a bougie dick. <laughs> just just adjust it. Dude, I was I I've been listening to I listen to a podcast called Business Wars and they always okay. talk about two, you know, Coke versus Pepsi, sure. you know, uh, Honda versus Toyota. Like they, you know, they just talk about how corporations kind of kind of fight to become number 1. You know, they right. did one on t- Taco Bell versus Chipotle and weird shit like that. Uh they're doing one on Sotheby's and Christie's auction houses, like the two competing auction houses. Okay. And they go into the guy kind of the late 80s early 90s kind of uh, uh art world. And they're going through all these prices of these Van Goghs and stuff that are selling. Right. Jeez. It, it just, what's it reminding me of those scenes in uh, some kind of monster where, right. where homeboys, you know, Lars is buying a $5 million dr- painting. He's like, sell, no, he's selling his paintings. Right, right, he's like right. drinking wine, getting shit faced as they're selling and stuff for like $5 million. And, you know, that's the drummer of your favorite thrash metal band over there. Just like, Hey, uh, Garcon, you know, my, my yeah. China symbol fell over. Go fix it, boy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I know it just did it. It's horrible. I, you know, and, but that's kind of the way it is with those guys, dude. There's, I was watching a um, documentary on Metallica on um, Pluto TV yeah. called Metallica Masters of Metal. And this was clearly done by somebody that was born in the 90s and has no idea what Metallica <laughs> used to be. Right. All they could celebrate was the Black Album Up. Like the first albums don't exist. It's like the first albums are the, are Metallica for half of their audience. Right. You know, it, it just, they're, they're just not the same. It, it is really two bands. I'm, yeah, I'm recording with Decibel Geek this week. I'm, do, we're doing the best and worst of Metallica. Okay. Post the Black Album. Post the Black Album. So I get to do Load, Reload, oh, Saint Anger. I'm like, you really? That's what you're giving me? <laughs> well, uh, you know, if you want my two cents for it, the last two have been the best two of that era. Yeah. The hardwired and, um, Death I went magnetic? back and did, uh, I've been doing some re-listens of, uh, you know, just kind of going through for my list or whatever, doing sure. some re-listens of like load and reload. There are songs on that album that I don't, I can't tell you I've ever heard before. Really? Like, <laughs> I what? mean, it, I mean, I, well, I could even tell you right Fixer? now. Fixer? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Some of those, like some of those late in the album tracks, I'm right. like, I'm sure I've heard them obviously, but the I'm, just saying, like, torn. I'm just like, I have, I don't know this song. I, if somebody just play, if somebody picked up a guitar and played me this song, I'd be like, I have no idea what that's sure. Is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, dude, they Metallica and you're, I don't even, I think you're not quite old enough, but you were such a metalhead that I'm sure you beat those early albums to death too. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, you knew every note of those records. Oh yeah. I think we knew every note of those records through the black album, even a black, even people that didn't like the black album, they still would be able to easily pick out, you know, um, of Wolf and Man or yeah. you know like later tracks in the in the record, and but after that, you know, I mean, you go to Load and Reload, and there's like you know two or three good tunes here and one here, and then that's it. You know, I, I've said forever, Load and Reload. I know that they were all recorded at once. Mm-hmm. Well, they should have hired somebody to be doing quality control and turn. <laughs> right. it, it's the same as like the Guns and Roses Use Your Illusions. Yeah, needed quality control to turn it into one really good record. It's it's funny listening to the load and reload and trying to find like the best and worst because I've you the 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 singles on those albums you've just been beaten over your head with them mm-hmm. and I'm like so I'm kind of like you know we've we've talked about this you know when you interview somebody and they're cool you yeah. like and you might not have been a big fan of their band before and you're like well, maybe I do like this band a lot you know just cuz they were nice sure. to you. and and you kind of get into them that way I'm kind of feel like I'm doing that with the singles on the 
on the on the load and reload i'm like i'm like are these the best songs in these albums or are they're these not. just the songs i'm like just used to like Dude. king nothing is this a good song or am i just used yeah. to it king nothing not horrible it, 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 the guitar part is pretty cool in king nothing mm-hmm. i will say this though until it sleeps is one of the worst metallica songs ever <laughs> and that was a big hit for them yeah you know and and i mean if you go into that that territory most of those hits were garbage ain't my bitch is a garbage song fuel is a see, less than competent song see what that's funny about those that's what i'm talking about those like fuel and ain't my bitch and stuff like that i'm like is this a good song or is this i'm just beat over the head with it for the last 30 yeah. years ain't my bitch is a bad i didn't like ain't my bitch the minute it came out i hated yeah. that and uh and fuel's the same way fuel sounds like something hetfield wrote trying to write a lullaby <laughs> right. you know i mean it's just crap you know I will, all those songs all of those hits were not good yeah. just they weren't the and that's where like load and reload is like where Hetfield really becomes that character of himself mm-hmm. that like Jim Brewer always makes of him. He's like, Yeah, cha, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, that's all on load and reload. It's almost comical to listen to some of that stuff, too. Yeah, well, it's it's the reason Brewer did it because <laughs> it is a joke. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is, man. And I, I'll be honest, I don't hate those albums. You know, I'm a Metallica honk, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm the guy that'll tell you Saint Anger, yeah, there's three or four good songs on there. There's three or four good riffs on Saint Anger. I, I there's you. good songs. Good songs. <laughs> there's there's definitely my world is a great song. And if it right. would have been recorded with anything other than the shit production that they did, it would have been a Metallica classic. I'll right. stand by that all day long on on Saint Anger. And even Frantic and stuff like that wasn't terrible. If it was done with good production, it would be pretty good friend is a friend of the like i'm like that's a that's a riff you know that's a good mm-hmm. riff but yeah it's, it's it just kind of goes yeah down but the then end. he comes crashing in with, with <laughs> hubcaps <laughs> or something you know it sounds like he's banging hubcaps on his car right just, it's just awful you know but i i mean as a metallica honk i would I, i've done this before where i've made my playlist of the load reload Mm-hmm. And I've cut all the crap out of it. And it's actually not a bad album. If you, if you cut all the garbage out of it, you know, you yeah. can get about, you get about 11 good songs. And if you want, I'll put, I'll, I'll look it up later and I'll send it to you. You can put it in the comments. There we go. Yeah. Cool. The, um, I, I think, I believe Decibel Geek's done that or not Decibel Geek, but uh, Cobras and Fire have done that. And I think the metal up your metal up your podcast guys did like, uh, if sure. you condensed it down to one album, you know, what tracks would you have? Sure. I mean, I mean, and I think everybody's would be a little bit different, which is probably why they put out two records, but you know, and plus they could, but the, the reality with Metallica is they learned from that obviously because they didn't do it again. Instead, when they had leftover stuff, they threw it out there as an EP, like the beyond, what was it? Beyond magnetic or whatever mm-hmm. the, the yeah. EP, which was good because it had a couple of good songs and that was it, you know, somewhere, somehow. I'm sure there was eight more songs and somebody said, nah, we're not putting that garbage out there. You know? Yeah. That's a mess, man. Uh, let's dive into this one. Uh, <laughs> Lamb of God's Mark Morton stands by his statement that Randy Bly is one of the greatest frontmen in metal. Well, rehab is probably still open, Mark. Jesus. Well, you, if you want, uh, I want to argue the fact that Mark Morton didn't say this. Art Cruz said this well, yeah, on, on the talk show. to me podcast. Yeah, exactly. On this, <laughs> on this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, I, I did notice that too. That Mark Morton just took the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, I did. Uh, you know, I think you know, like and comment on some guy that goes, "Didn't Art Cruz say that?" <laughs> <laughs> that but, is funny, but they're both wrong. 
<laughs> I'll just say it that way. They're both wrong. Love Lamb of God, but Randy, Randy Blythe is not one of the best front men in the history of metal. Certainly not the best. Come on. I wouldn't say he's the best. I would definitely say he's up there in the top hundred. <laughs> top hundred dudes of all time. Randy Bly is somewhere on that list. I might give him in the hundred. Even that would be close, but I, I mean, he's good. He's, he's, he's good. He's fun. He's energetic. You certainly don't go to one of his shows and do this number. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you're, you definitely move and then you get into it, but yeah, but he is pretty one dimensional. Um, in the Chris Aiken can't wait for this file. Uh, Deftones are chipping away on some new music. Oh man. <laughs> I am sitting, sitting back. Just can't wait for that. Um, in a new interview with noise 11.com. Why, why, why are you not on the talk to me podcast? Chino, come on, uh, to promote his crosses project. Deftones frontman Chino Moreno was asked for an update on his main band's plans through the coming months. He said, and as transcribed by blabbermouth.net, uh, we're just chipping away on some new music. Those other guys are at least at the moment. Uh, we have some sporadic shows over the next couple of years or year or so. But for the most part, yeah, we're just kind of winding down and taking some time off for the most part. Do you want me to get you Chino? <laughs> I, I, I actually know somebody in the camp. Well, if I can bring them on. I'll, I'll, I'll try and make that happen. Yeah. Wait, you're just how long you've been on the show, and you're just now telling me of somebody in the camp that could get well because I don't want to talk to Chino. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely not have you on the Deftones uh, show. (laughs) Yeah, no, I would not be participating in that, but (laughs) you would just be like, you would there'd just be like you in a pillow the whole time, just snoozing. Is this interview still going? (laughs) Well, no, you guys talking to be way more interesting than the music they make. Hell yeah. Oh, (laughs) I've actually, I've actually interviewed him a couple of times, he's okay. He's, yeah. he's, and I've interviewed, uh, what's it, what's the guitar guy? Stephen uh, Carpenter. Steph, yeah, Steph Steph Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. I've interviewed him too. I don't even know his name, but I've interviewed <laughs> So one time I, uh, I, back in the day, I've kind of talked about a friend of mine, actually my friend, Chris Arkin, not Chris Aiken, but my friend, Chris Arkin had a, uh, had a tour bus company that would lease buses to all of our favorite bands, seven dust and clutch and Deftones and, uh, all these bands. Right. And so, mm-hmm. Uh, through that connection, I hung out with Steph one night and Steph was like, man, I'm hungry. And I'm like, well, my car is right outside. Let's go grab some food. So I go and drive him to like Waffle House or something. And we grab food and we're hanging out and he's playing the uh, Refused album for me. That's where I heard Refused for the first time. He's like playing right. me this album. I mean, we we are just best friends. We are best buddies that night. Just just had a night, right? Right. And so six months later, I'm at a, at a concert and I'm like, hey, Steph, man, I you know, it's me. You know, I took you to the Waffle House or whatever. And he's like, oh, I bet we had fun and walked away. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just Yeah, I was just like, I was deflated, man. I was probably like 19 <laughs> or 20. I yeah. bet we had a lot of fun. Walked away. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, you know, meanwhile, you like hold on to that, tell all your friends that story. Yeah. When I held, when I hung out with him, you know. Oh, yeah. Like I, I tell the first story, not the second story. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean is the whole, the, you know, to you, it's like an important yeah. event. To him, it was Wednesday. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you know, it just didn't matter. <laughs> uh, let's dive into this one, man. Uh, Limp Biscuit could be recording some new material. Thank God. I still got uh, my dad vibe, man. 
I love that. Uh, I love that. This is the you know this this is some fan uh, you know uh, detective work. Okay. Dedicated Limp Biscuit fans. This is from MetalSucks.net, by the way. We we've okay. gone over to Metal Sucks. Uh, dedicated Limp Biscuit fans noted that guitarist Wes Borland is at the Rancho Rancho de la Luna Studio in Joshua Tree, California, working on some recordings. Could this mean new music coming from the band? That's it. That's it. How many, how many side bands has Wes done? Yeah. Not reading that. I'm like, actually that could be anything. Uh, Let's see here. They they actually answer the question. Not necessarily as Borland also works on other projects beside the band, including blacklight burns and big dumb face. Folks got excited when Fred Durst commented on Borland's social post about the recording session, but there is no hard evidence so far that he is working on Limp Bizkit material. You know what? I'm not falling for this again. <laughs> How many every years did we hear that this this back when it was called some of the elephants or whatever? Remember that? When, oh, stamp, stampede of the disco elephants. Yeah, I mean, how many <laughs> years did we yeah. deal with that rumor? And then it didn't come out. And then I'll, and then when it did come out, it just dropped. Right. You know, it just dropped out of nowhere. So I'm not buying this Limp Biscuit news or any other Limp Biscuit news. When I see a, when I see twelve songs on Spotify, then I'll know it's here. Not until uh, the this article goes on to say earlier in 2022 in an interview with PRS, um, Borland said that the, things are going well with the band and that he hopes to work on the follow up to Still Sucks with the rest of his bandmates. This means that fans could have a new album sooner than later. So will Fred come out with Uncle June glasses and like a bald <laughs> head and and do grandpa vibes? Man, I, I I love that that still is just like like old old metalheads have no idea what to do with Fred Durst. Like they are just I like know. they hate they hated him in the nineties. They hated him in the two thousands. Like they yeah. just, it's still they still like you just their heads pop off when they see him. Like they just yeah. don't get it. He's he's a master. He's he is the master the master troll of all master trolls. Always has been. But man, fans still. I was watching um last week. I watched that uh, Lollapalooza on Hulu thing. Yep. <sighs> He's not even trying, and the crowd is losing their shit. Yeah, I mean he's he's literally walking out in the dad vibe look, <laughs> and he's he's not even yell. You know, I mean you remember back in the old days, he was yelling at the crowd and really getting at them. Now he yeah. walks out and he's like, "Y'all ready?" You know, that's it. <laughs> right. And then the he, band uh, breaks, and it's like <laughs> explosion. The first. I think it was the first louder than life. I went as a fan. Like it was before mm-hmm. the podcast. I think it was like the year before I started the podcast or All right. maybe I just started the podcast. One of the things, but, but I, I didn't even think to sign up for, you know, media passes or anything like that. So I go as a fan cause Limp Biscuits playing and they, they just blew the place, you know, blew the place apart, mm-hmm. you know? And still like, if you, if you read like, what was the best, who was the best performance at louder than life ever? Whatever year, no matter what year, people still will bring up that Limp Bizkit set. Like they sure. murder live, dude. If if you look at all the bands from that era, Corn, mm-hmm. Disturbed, um, what's Last Resort band? Papa Roach, Papa Roach, uh, any of those bands. Is there a better live band than Limp Bizkit? No, I mean, I Limp think Limp not, even the, yeah. not even close. Not even close. I, I mean, think even if you go into the even if you go into the show hating Limp Bizkit. Yeah. You'll you'll walk away having a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time I've seen Limp Biscuit, I think six or seven times. Not a yeah. not a ton, but not a few. You know, good number of times. And the only time I, a lot of them were opening band, opening act shows. 
like it was either early on in their career or or that a lot of times two two different times I saw them with Corn and Corn was the headliner. Yeah. Every time they were the best band except for Family Values because Ramstein just was ridiculous. You know, Ramstein's so good you don't even know any of the songs and you don't care because they're just a, <laughs> right. they're just freaking brilliant live. Yeah. Their live show is beyond brilliant, but every other time they were just like dominant. Mm-hmm. Great band. They're they're great. I don't care. You know, and I take tons of shit, you know, especially doing the CMS with those bunch of old heads that listen to that, <laughs> you know, telling me that this ain't as good as Blackmore and Deep Purple. <laughs> you know, like, shut up. You know, yeah. but Deftones or Deftones. I don't, I don't mean that. <laughs> uh, I think it's a Freudian slip. I think you no, love Deftones. Don't you just don't want to admit it. No, Limp Biscuit, untouchable in that era. Yeah. You know, of all those bands, Lincoln Park, any of them, none of them touched Limp Biscuit. No, no, not at all. Um, this actually just popped up on the on also on Metal Sucks as I was looking here. Uh, System of a Down members were in the studio with Light the Torch and Wind, Winds of Plague. Oh my god, um, looks like according to a snapshot from snapshots from social media, okay. uh, Howard Jones of Light the Torch, I like this so far, Shavo from System of a Down. And Michael Montoya of Winds of Plague were jamming together. That's all we know so far. But according to the images captured, they were having a good time. Oh my God. You mean the musicians were playing music together? You're kidding. <laughs> and having a good time doing it? Could it be a new song? We'll find out in the coming months. So I will, uh, I, hey, you give me Shavo and, and Howard Jones together? Man. I'll take yeah, it too. I mean, that'll be good. You know, that'll be good. Are you system guy or not? Oh, I love system of a down. Do you really? Huh. Yeah. I oh, like yeah. them. Don't love them. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think they ever, ever had a misstep. I think that they all of their really? output was, was fantastic. You thought steel, this was good, huh? I, thought, I think all of it's good. I think the, right. the hypnotized mesmerized albums, you know, they, they're not, that's a band that did like kind of a double album separated or whatever that uh, they got it right. You know, they, I think they are a fantastic band. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one band. I don't really care too much for the side stuff. That's what, like with the, yeah, I don't uh, like any of that, but, but the, I don't like, hate them. I just never, yeah. I don't know. I think I was into heavier than them at that time. Right. I think that was, and none of the bands that I was into at that time are still even around. I don't think like I was into like, you know, primer <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Uh, like American Head Charge and you know stuff like that at that moment, and and I just never really I saw them a couple times like on the what was that thing that they did pledge pledge of allegiance with Slipknot yeah 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 I saw them there that was yep. good I saw them at maybe an Ozfest or or Monster yep. Energy or what whatever festival that was yeah they, they definitely did Ozfest yeah, I so I saw them there I I saw them a few times and I and I never hated them but I just mm-hmm. never. Nothing I ever heard was like, oh my God, I got to get this CD and I got to put it in my player and just play it nonstop for like a year. You didn't want this new compact disc. No. That's it. Go ahead. That's <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> you're, you're about to say something there. No, no man, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, um, a couple more things here. Right. Uh, Slipknot and Corn are to headline next year's NotFest Japan. Boy. I only bring this up because I think it's funny that... Um, um, on the one night, it is uh, Slipknot, 
and man with a mission <laughs> man with a mission wow of all, of all bands that like i'm like i don't i got you know i got offered to interview them it was like a weird thing it was like japanese time he was like can you do it 11 p.m on a friday night and i'm like like who is this man with the mission band i was like yeah. oh, i'll pass and then you know you did it yeah and then i watched it i'm like i'm like ah, oh, still i still don't know if i like this or not yeah and then, and then when you know not fest japan pops up a slipknot and man with the mission i was like you gotta be kidding me dude i'm not into their tunes yeah but there's something there you know yeah. they get they get crazy response from the crowd and yeah doing that interview quite weird talking to a guy in a wolf mask yeah you know, See, that's that the thing t- like and I, I get that we're you know we're under the slipknot umbrella the not fest umbrella mm-hmm. but they don't really they're not characters as much as they are dudes in masks you know i think if you yeah. were to, to interview a Corey taylor even when they were you know just wearing masks they weren't really putting on a persona yeah. and like you know same with like kiss and stuff like that like they were they were still dudes right that's like like i actually i came across like that old video of guar that i when i interviewed guar at louder than life a few years ago i never put that interview out because a it just i just didn't like it and then b right. it's just like it's i don't like trying to delve into people's mm-hmm. you know fake world yeah and, it's, you know all that nonsense it's weird i i interviewed odorous arungus at one point yeah i did a phoner with him right but they wanted me to do and i did it and it, it really turned out horrible it's actually on youtube if anyone wants to look it up but um they had me do 15 minutes with dave brocky okay and then 15 minutes with odorous arungus and <laughs> literally i do the 15 minutes with dave brocky and he goes hold on a minute odorous is here now oh god and he puts the phone down and you just hear like yeah you're shuffling around and yeah. then he's like hey it's odorous it's the same guy it's like come on it's like come on what are we doing here really yeah. I, are there any bands that you that you kind of fall into that where you you're kind of along for the ride and the story and everything like that to where you could actually have a conversation like now that like now that i've interviewed necrogoblicon like i kind of I've I've paid more attention to to um the, the what's the guy's name is it just Bob Goblicon Bob <laughs> Goblicon I I you know I like his right now stuff on YouTube is some of the funniest shit I've ever right. watched and you know just great the fun interviews that he did and uh, you know all that stuff so I maybe I could f- play with that one a little bit more than most but yeah but some of these bands that have like backstories and yeah, we're from I, planet orgasmatron yeah. and all this other stuff i'm like Dude, i don't know man when they do that i try to goof on them that's yeah. one, of, one of the funniest interviews that i did during the pandemic was this band out of wherever yeah. called war kings okay and uh it's again guy with the mask and you know makeup and the, and the funny thing was the interview got postponed twice Okay. Because he couldn't obligate to having enough time to put on all the mask and stuff for the interview. Right. And he was one of the, and, and it was the same thing. It was like a Guar ripoff type of a deal. It was, it was the whole, we, we are from the Viking times and we're, you know, aliens from Vikings or whatever. I did the interview 100% asked him nothing but questions about Viking times Right. And, and straight faced the whole thing. Didn't laugh it off. Didn't, I, I pretended like it was ac- absolutely real. Asked him a bunch <laughs> of goofy questions. Like, 
does he watch the show Vikings? Does it remind him <laughs> of his homeland? You know, I mean, I was just asking ridiculous questions and the guy, the guy got annoyed with me and tried to swing it back to like real because I don't think he'd ever had an interview where somebody just a thousand percent immersed in what they were putting out. And I wouldn't do it. I just was like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's keep talking about your heritage. You know? Yeah, right. And I stayed with it for like 20 minutes of just me being a dick. <laughs> Are you offended by the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> you know, saying, <laughs> Dude, it, it was like, I, I asked him if watching the show Vikings was kind of like if I was watching home movies. Yeah. I literally just was on that kind of a stupid, stupid. And I wouldn't let it go. I just was, I was like, all right, you're going to make me do this dumb fucking interview. Okay. I can play. <laughs> one of my favorite pandemic interviews. Cause the one thing in the, in the, in the pandemic, nobody was releasing music. And so yeah. the, the people that we got to interview were like, you know, we were, we interviewed a lot of people, but the people mm -hmm. that we were being offered were people that were trying to push through the pandemic sure. and really and releasing stuff. And, uh, uh, man, I, I can't even remember what band it was, but I, I still think about this all the time when he's like, yeah, growing up, we had a cannon on our property aimed at Russia. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hilarious. It's like it's like you like having a cannon aimed at Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, growing up, man, you know, we just had that stuff with yeah. uh, Pennsylvania and, you know, we just never knew when <laughs> shit was going to pop off. So, so we had a cannon on, at the edge of our property aimed at, aimed aimed at, at Russia. Pennsylvania. <laughs> All right. I didn't know you interviewed Sarah Palin. Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can see, uh, Russia, I can see from, Russia my, from my backyard. <laughs> I have a cannon pointed at it. <laughs> uh, uh Blabbermouth goes on to say the Notfest brand has expanded around the globe with landmark events held in the U.S., Japan, Mexico, and Colombia, as well as 2019's debut collaboration with the French Destination Festival, Hellfest for Notfest meets Hellfest. Wow. Not Notfest has evolved into one of the biggest hard rock and music festivals in the world, expanding to four continents. Hundreds of thousands of fans have attended these massive festivals, which are cultural as they are music-based, mixing heavy rock with hip-hop, world of music, visual art, experimental installations, and talk to me. And talk to me, especially. You forgot, <laughs> especially talk to me. Speaking to Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone, Slipknot's creative visionary, Sean Clown Cran, describes Knotfest as a dark carnival experience. It's not just the show's but the environment created around it, it's all about having fun, a day dedicated to our men mentality, our ideas, to the people we want to be with. I'm talking about smells, sights, hearing, your body. Everything will be overloaded with stimulation. And talk wow. to me. Oh, I'd just like to remind Sean that it says not fest on the bottom of our screen, yet we haven't seen him <laughs> on Talk to Me yet. He's on he's on the channel. He had a podcast on here. Yeah. Yeah, he should be on this podcast. He's on Rolling Stone for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you do what you gotta do. I know. Uh, one last story, and then we'll get into a little bit of recommendations. How about All that? Right. Friend of the podcast, me former Megadeth bassist David Ellison. Yes. Has weighed in on bands who rely on heavily pre-recorded tracks during their live performances. All right, I have not seen this. Okay. I'm going to guess. I'm going to take a straight up guess. Because okay. it's Ellison. And I know he's not going to hammer anybody. Okay. You know what? 
if if you got to use tracks to make the show better, then by all means, the show's got to be better. So of course, use the tracks. All right, there's no way you didn't already. See I this swear quote. to God. No, <laughs> I swear to God. Is that what he said? All right. So the quote is: <laughs> David Ellison on bands relying on backing tracks during concerts. If you need it for your show, use them. Oh come on. I swear to God, I was totally guessing. Uh, Full on on quote. I think most of my friends in the big groups who are out touring are doing the best they can to sing and play to provide a top level show. I'm not so concerned about my friend, uh, about friends my age and older who are out playing huge legacy shows because people want to hear them sounding great. They're paying big money. Same, same way. When you go to Las Vegas and you see a show, you expect top notch entertainment. And that's what I think they're doing. What I find really odd is young bands who are playing everything sort of uh, in the box, if you will, with digital processors rather than amplifiers, running backing tracks in ears. I find that's a little stranger in a small club to hear a band that has all their backing tracks. Some bands, they need it because it's part of their show. It's part of their shtick. But I find it's interesting that younger bands are doing it more than legacy bands. So I think rather than focus on a couple of legacy bands who have come out and said, hey, we're running tracks so you can uh, make our vocals the best they can be. Hey, God bless them. That's their fourth right. You know, that's what you're you know what you're getting. They are not hiding anything. But young bands that are doing different uh, theatrical things, running tape, it's not even a bad thing. It's just part of their show. They've set the tone from the beginning that, hey, we wear costumes, we wear outfits and different things, and we run backing tracks. Mm -hmm. And then it says, so that's my opinion on backing tracks. If you need it for your show, use them. If you don't, don't use them. It's entertainment. It's show business. You're selling a ticket to a customer, a fan who is expecting top-notch entertainment. Mm -hmm. He's not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and then in March 2020, Shinedown guitarist Zach Meyer said that 90% of rock artists are uh, use at least some pre-recorded tracks during their live performances. Sure. What's worse, tracks or having a guy behind the curtain doing parts? Who? Um, I think having the guy behind the curtain. I've always thought a guy behind the, even if it's like keyboard guy or whatever, it's just weird kind of having off stage musicians. Like if you're going to have the guy doing the keyboard, just to have him out doing the keyboard, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be weird if it's just like, like the row of, you know, background singers behind, you know, a, a rock guy or a pop guy, you know, like the three or four background uh, ladies back there singing or something like that. And it's just one dude that kind of sounds like you sing, singing along with you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, there's just, I feel like there's just so much more you could do. Like just have the, have the keyboard guy that, you know, kind of, kind of. What about if it's the main guy? Like, I'll just tell you this one and I've not seen it. So I'm taking this as rumor, but it's rumor from a really well-placed source. <laughs> okay. So the rumor I've heard is that on the last two Ozzy tours that okay. with Phil Crane from Ugly Kid Joe was, was Ozzy was doing the Ozzy vocals. All right. Behind the stage, like behind the behind the screen, is that yeah. is that worse than if he was up there doing like the Blackie Lawless Wasp thing, where he's got tracks playing and he's sort of singing to the tracks? Right. Um, man, I th- I think I would rather have tracks than than guy behind the curtain. 
Me too, because that feel if you got guy behind the curtain, that's that feels really Milli Vanilli-ish. Yeah. I had um the last time I saw Ozzy was what three, four years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and it was he lost his voice like second song. Like you could just tell like it just lo- it just left. Sure. And obviously Zach does a really great Ozzy impression. Mm-hmm. And it was funny as the show went on, you could tell like they that Zach was singing almost all the songs. Like normally he would just sing like choruses or whatever. Okay. Or but you could tell like, uh, like Zach was singing 90% of the show. And as the show went on, they were just raising Zach's vocals and lower, <laughs> lowering Ozzy's man. But, uh, and that was like one of those times where I was like, man, I think this is the last time I'll ever see Ozzy. And then I guess I've never, haven't seen him live since then, but he's, he's definitely, uh, I mean, like we, we've seen, they're just kind of propping him up on a, on yeah, a stick and stick. You know, here go sing. <laughs> <laughs> propping propping him up on a stick and putting Whitfield Crane in the back, you know. Yeah, still making money in appearances though. I mean, he appeared at that football game. Then he just appeared on a wrestling thing, wow. like he did the intro. Like Patient Number Nine was like the theme to I don't know Survivor Series or something. Rumble Royal, one of them things, and it was all Ozzy. And they had tons of Ozzy footage, just him sitting in different chairs. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Speaking of Ozzy, I didn't really think we would dive into this one, but um, the uh, the Sharon Osbourne, uh, you know, she was rushed to the hospital recently. Yeah, what uh, she has been her? she has been released from the hospital, but uh, let's see here on December seventeenth, Jack Osbourne, Sharon's son, with her husband, legendary metal singer Ozzy Osbourne, mm. wrote on Instagram uh, that his mother has been given the all clear from the medical team and is now home. The 70-year-old was filming the Glen Tavern at the Glen Tavern Inn, a location once featured on Travel Channel's Ghost Adventurers. It is not clear whether she was on camera when the incident occurred. Uh, the Ventura County Fire Department confirmed the incident to TMZ, saying it happened around 6:30 on Friday night and transported Sharon to the hospital. Santa Paula Police Chief Don Aguilar confirmed Sharon was the patient. Uh, it said it said the the manager at the Glen Tavern Inn disclosed that there was a quote unquote emergency, but declined to share any more information with TMZ uh, without more financial compensation. So what they <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, uh, I I I for a minute in like two thousand what year would that have been eleven or twelve? I I started working at a Papa John's in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and um, f- they had just had an incident where. Uh, Hayden Pinatieri or whatever her name is the, yeah, the, the girl short from girl yeah from yeah Heroes. she uh this is all like alleged how about that okay she allegedly hit one of the drivers one of the Papa John's drivers okay and, and TMZ allegedly was calling the store trying to get <coughs> the scoop of what really happened because okay because allegedly she ha- uh, was drinking and had it, you know, it was a DUI situation and hit the shit out of his car. And it was a big deal. Right. And allegedly <laughs> uh, <laughs> TMZ was offering like a shit ton of money. Okay. For the story. And I guess he allegedly <laughs> told Hayden Penitary's camp about TMZ contacting him. And I, and allegedly uh, Hayden's camp went back to him and, settled out of court and oh, obviously wow. this and obviously the story never came up but uh homeboy quickly quit papa john's and was driving a nice brand new car <laughs> soon after that so uh yeah and didn't allegedly take a beat down from vladimir klitschko who she was married <laughs> to either right so. <laughs> yeah yeah so so all of that uh so yeah i guess tmz man when they when they see something like this happen i mean they 
they offer you can make a nice chunk of change from TMZ if you've got some some actual information. Jeez, I'm gonna have to start holding that stuff instead of giving it to Metal Sludge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> giving it to the wrong source. Well, I don't think TMZ wants Chris Aikens in the hospital with uh, COVID updates. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Not yet, at least. <laughs> but yeah, I guess my my thought was, man, what you know, you would never think about it, but what would happen if Sharon goes before Ozzy? Oh boy. Ozzy like never, fo- Ozzy's following. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if it, if it if it and and again this is totally morbid speculation here. So sorry, folks, in advance. But yeah. wouldn't it be something if like that did happen and like Ozzy all of a sudden had like this miraculous recovery and was all energetic and vibrant again? It's like those uh, that mommy dearest type stuff where they're like slowly poisoning the kids. Yeah, so they think that they're <laughs> sick all the time, but like once they get away from them, it's like there was nothing wrong with them at all. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. He'd be like, "Thank, thank God, I don't have to get out there and work anymore." Ozzy would just be like, "Thank God, I don't have to tour anymore." Jesus yeah. Christ! But uh, <laughs> I can just enjoy these zillions that I've made. But I would definitely could see, I could definitely see Sharon dying and Ozzy going like right after that. Like, oh yeah. Just, I could see Ozzy committing suicide. I wouldn't go that far. I could see that. But uh I can you, I you that. couldn't see that. You I mean, after watching the Osborne, and, and again, I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying after watching the Osbournes and watching how dependent he is on yeah. her, and for year for all these years, I could see him totally saying, you know what? I got nothing else to do here. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. But no, he would die of a broken heart, Aiken. You got to have a heart first. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I just, you, you, I guess I assume I didn't realize she was 70. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I would assume 60. So, I mean, I guess that's not oh. too far off, but she's a plastic surgeon of a 40 year old. So, right. <laughs> it's like that old Bill Burr joke. Do you want to look like a 40 year old or a 28 year old lizard? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, man, you got any reviews, recommendations this week? Uh, one of one music, one uh, TV. Okay. TV wise, on Amazon Prime, there is a show called Three Pines. It is a uh, suspense drama, murder, mystery type deal. It is excellent, and especially excellent if you're a fan of dialogue. It's not a shit ton of action in it, like it's not crazy action. Lots of dialogue in it, and it stars um, Alfred Marino who was Doc Ock in the Spider-Man movie. He's been in a zillion other things, but it's the only thing I know that, you know, I know him by name from was he was Doc Ock in Spider-Man. So that's a great, great show. Definitely worth checking out. And musically, um, I'm going with the, the, this new EP from dope. I don't know if you've heard this yet. The best of me. It's a four song EP. It's, uh, it's really, really strong. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, dope is back. They they really just kind of do it right every time, but this is really good. So check that out. Best of me by dope. Huh, well, there it is. Look at that. Yeah, definitely uh definitely check out the new dope, man. Wow. A, a band that I toured with 20 years ago at this time of the year. Right Look at that. Um I honestly I, now I have no idea that they're even still making music. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny is I follow all them and I'm still friends with Etzel. And yeah, I didn't and didn't even know that they had a new uh, new anything out yet. Yeah. So. How about that? Uh, I haven't listened to anything new. Okay. Um, <laughs> actually, it is funny because I texted you the other day. I actually went down a white zombie rabbit hole a couple of days right. ago. And just I listened to like uh, you know, a lot of Sexer Sisto and uh, Astro Creep 2000. And 
White Zombie is just such a great band mm-hmm. for how bad Rob Zombie's solo is. Like I just yeah. like Rob Zombie solo to me just doesn't even like touch White oh, Zombie. Yeah. It's like Hellbelly Deluxe was kind of the gateway between the greatness of Rob Zombie and the total or the greatness of White Zombie and the total shit that Rob Zombie became. Yeah. But after that, I mean, some of the and the the last two or three records have just been junk. And John (laughs) Five should should be he should owe me fifteen dollars because I actually bought the last one based a thousand percent on him saying it's the best thing since Astro Creep. And I went out and bought it based on his words, like an idiot, instead of waiting to listen to it. I pre-ordered the stupid thing. <laughs> and that comment was said on the Talk To Me podcast. That's right. <laughs> I can see it now as a TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, go check out the Talk To Me TikTok, man. I uh, I, I released a few uh, little snippets, kind of some best of stuff from over the years. And uh, I, I released some uh, a clip from the Jason Newstead interview, which I will... Uh, I think I'm gonna run that one into the ground, but the the Metallic, the comments on that so far are just fantastic. People just get so upset about Metallica. Oh, they do. They they and, and God forbid if you're not praising Metallica, then you are a poser, you are a troll, <laughs> and you you don't know metal and you don't know rock and you're stupid. <laughs> oh, the term poser has been thrown around so much lately. I'm like, you know what? If <laughs> if you truly call somebody a poser and you yeah. mean it. You are the poser. That's, exactly. that's, yeah, that's exactly true. <laughs> like, like I just, uh, I don't know. I think that's like a generational thing. That's the the generation ahead of me. Like mm-hmm. the older, like you know, your generation, like yeah. the the older metalheads. Like, like fucking posers, man. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'll be a poser. I'll be over here listening to Fear Factory and Corn, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, dude. Believe me, I hear. I mean, you know my crazy musical taste, yeah. and I hear it all the time about how. Either, you know, I hear all the old cliches, whether it's you're a poser or you need to turn in your metal card. <laughs> right. I'm like, you know what? I never had a metal card. I love metal, but right. I'm, I'm, you know, I also, I'm the guy that can listen to Cannibal Corpse and then um, Pina Colada right behind it. <laughs> right. And it's fine. It sounds all good to me. You know, it's like, just stop with the metal card. Yeah. I, I almost didn't post my. Uh, what is it? My like Spotify wrapped or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause like my top five listen to bands of the year were like, it was like Memphis may fire Pantera Metallica panic at the disco and like Megadeth. It was like, it's like panic at the disco just slid right on in there. And nobody, and I didn't get, I didn't have one person tell me I needed to uh, turn in my metal card. I was really surprised on that. Dude, one. Mine was as bizarre as you would think it was fit for an autopsy <laughs> and plush. Yeah. And, um, um, cool change of little river band and, (laughs) and, um, and I forget what the fourth one was, but it was something equally weird. It was like a kid rock album or something. It was, it made no sense as does none of my musical listening. It never makes any sense. So just bizarre. All right. And last, uh, last thing, since this will be on YouTube on Christmas Eve. Yes. uh, And this will be out a couple of days before Christmas. uh, Do you have a uh, go to Christmas movie? Christmas movie? Yeah. Well, if you consider Die Hard. <laughs> uh, no, Christmas Vacation. Hands down, easy winner. I love it. It's hilarious. Randy yep. Quaid in the pumping the the fumes into the into the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I love um, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation is a good go-to and then and then I'm always a home alone guy. Uh, they're always good. Yeah. I saw they're making a new one. 
Uh, they came out with one recently. Like I think it was last Christmas. They came out with one where Buzz is like a cop in it, <laughs> and uh, like it, it's a little bit more based around the the McAllisters, like okay. the, you know that type of stuff. But uh, but yeah, the like because there's like se- I think there's seven Home Alones now. But uh, yeah, one and two, like one is great, two is not as great, and then three, four is like some weird kid you've never heard of and never will hear <laughs> yeah. of, and then like four, five. You know, again, another kid you've never heard of, and then I think it's like home, home sweet home alone or something like that. That's got the that's the one with Buzz in it. As dude, I had no idea they had all these. I only (laughs) thought there was the two, and that this would be number three. I, 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 and that's the honest God's truth. I did not know they had seven Home Alones. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they milked that franchise. Why wouldn't you? Oh yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh made made some cash. Um, what's amazing to me is. How was Macaulay Culkin as huge as he was, and he went on to do nothing? Yeah, he did. Um, what did he do? Like American Horror Story. He did like what? Uh, was it My Girl? Was that My the girl. one where, where he got killed by the bee? Yeah, with the <laughs> with the with the at a as a kid at a t- at the time was kind of gawky, but she grew she grew up quite nicely. Anna Klumski. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she grew up well. She yeah. did well. And then um, he was in, well, I mean, this is all, I mean, he's in Uncle Buck, but that was pre or like the same time as Home Alone. And then it was like the good son. That was at the same time too. I think it was the called good, the good son or something yeah. or the evil son or the something. The good son. I think that was when he was like the bad kid, the evil Yeah. Kid. He was like the evil killer kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had a bunch of movies there for a minute and you just thought we were going to be hearing this guy's name for the next 40 years or something. Right. And I mean, he pops up here and there now, but you know, like he was good on, on um, American horror story. Yeah. He so was really, he was really good in that, but you need to have Melissa on your, uh, Chris Aiken presents uh, American horror story. She loves that stuff. Oh, I tell <laughs> invite her for me. I would absolutely have her on to talk about that. I would love to see her on a podcast. Would she talk or would it, no. I'd be doing all the talking. She <laughs> would like, be talking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She always goes, I, I can't, she goes, I, I, cause I'm always like, you know, let's make a real talk to me. It's me and you talk about something. Yeah. She's like, I can't do what you do. Oh, please. What? what? Please. And I'm like, she yeah, does. that's right. She, and that is she right. She does. It's just when the camera's off. <laughs> as soon as the camera's off, she probably talks your ear off, but. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. His filmography is nothing, man. Yeah, nothing after that that like three or three to five year window. I mean, from ninety four to two thousand three, he didn't have a movie credit. Wow, jeez. Yeah, and then he he did he did a Frasier episode in two thousand in ninety four, and then two thousand three he did Will and Grace, and then film wise he did like Richie Rich in ninety four, and then he did Party Monster in two thousand three. Like he just took ten years off to just. Huh? Well, I wonder I'm if he made a bunch of money. You would think so. Didn't his dad? His dad was like the manager or something. Yeah, and I guess if you if you looking back on that too, I think he had some issues with his parents spending his money. Yeah, that is true. And and isn't the brother famous too? Yeah, the brother was Kieran Culkin. Kieran and there the the other Culkin brother. There's another Culkin brother in Home Alone too. He's the one that drinks the Pepsi and wets the bed. Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) He's a Culkin brother too. Nice. But yeah, look at us and the welcome to talk to me, the McCulkin yeah. Culkin podcast. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he's 
he's funny, man. Yeah, he pops up in just random stuff, but yeah. maybe he did make his money and you know, because I mean, he's definitely he's not doing like the you know the the Comic Con circuit either. You know, he's not mm-hmm. doing, and he doesn't seem like he's milking the no the um you know Christmas time. He's in all the commercials and you know, doing weird shit like that either. You know, so yeah, you know what his real claim to fame is though, don't you? What's that? Getting with Mila Kunis. Good for him. That is the best credit he has. That is by far the best credit he has is that he he was dating Mila Kunis for years. Good for him. Uh, Began dating actress Mila Kunis in 2002. And by 2006, he was living in New York. Um, Ended the relationship several, several months previous, saying the split was amicable and they remain close friends. Good for him. Since 2013, Culkin has lived in Paris. Well, maybe so, he's done a bunch of movies over there. We just don't know. He's, he's, um, uh, Culkin was on an episode of the Joe Rogan experience. I don't really remember if I knew yeah, that. Yeah, that was not. like, like a year or so ago, right? 2018, you know, close, yeah. close five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess he has a son named Dakota Song Culkin. Um, Jeez, nice name, artsy kid. Jesus. Right. But yeah, I've, you know, once I become famous, the rest of my kids are going to be all apple and banana sandwiches. Oh, why not? You already have one. Elton. Jesus. Elton Cash, man. He's a good yeah. kid. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Named after what? Elton John and Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah, kind of. The Cash is definitely Johnny Cash, but. Well, what uh, other Elton is there? I, that's just, that's on his mom. <laughs> that was, the Cash was the, uh, um, she wanted to name him Elton, and then I was like, "Well, if it's if you get Elton, I get to name him Cash." So, all right. So he's so, he's destined for musical greatness, right? My da- my dad's still like he's gonna drop the last name to me and be Elton. Ka- Hello, I'm Elton Cash. <laughs> that is a good stage name, actually. Yeah, and Elton and he can't really like fight it. You know what I'm saying? Like because that's your actual you know yeah, birth. birth you know, that's that's your birth name. You can't uh, you can't fight it. I have a friend of mine, Lennon, who uh, you know she was a singer and whatnot, and she got uh, Yoko Ono came after her, and because she was going by Lennon, which yeah. is her name, and so like there was a big fight with. I need to break that down and get that story. Well, like what actually happened with all that, but I know that Yoko was coming after her for the uh, Lennon name, and she's like, I can't do anything about it. That's my you know you know uh, that's my government name. Yeah, and it's surprising Yoko would be doing anything. I mean, how how much did she milk that she could sing off of John Lennon's legacy? <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yeah. If if anybody gets to, you know, milk the John Lennon legacy, it's Yoko. Not yeah. Well, she, and she has. She is horrible. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, that's an hour and a half long talk to me here. I'll there take it. Go. Hope you guys enjoy your uh your holiday week. You know, if you're working. Uh that actually that's why I wanted to go ahead and do an episode because you know. All my favorite podcasts right now are doing best of episodes and, mm-hmm. you know, year end reviews or just taking the rest of the year off. And I was like, you know what? I think we're just going to do an episode for all you hardworking folks out there that are that are working through this wonderful, uh, you know, holiday season. That's right. Well, <laughs> more more content is good, man. As a podcast guy, I hate this time of year. Yeah, I hate it because, you know, I really don't care what anybody else's top 10 top 10 anything's were. Even though we're doing one, but <laughs> except for our, well, we <laughs> keep talking about us. doing one, and we we've been talking about doing it for three weeks now. Like yeah. I, I just need to sit down and actually like yeah, just wait on you. I, I wrote my top ten like five minutes after you said we were doing a top ten. I said, <laughs> all right, here they are. 
Well, I'm ready. just give me your top 10 and I'll just reshuffle. We'll it. just cut like, it in half. You can have five and I'll take five. It's all good. That'll be our two top five list. And be like, yeah. Aikens is a lot stronger than Toomey's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that will do it for another episode of Talk To Me. Like we said, we'll do a, a best of episode, but it'll be a, I mean, a, be- a top 10 episode next week, but it'll be a, a fresh content top 10. That's right. Um, so hopefully you guys have a good, uh, good Christmas, good Christmas Eve, all that good stuff. However you celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you know, if you don't celebrate at all, you know, go hug your friend or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so for the uh, Talk To Me podcast, I've been Joshua Toomey. I'm still Chris Hagan. And we will talk to you soon. See ya. The Talk To Me podcast presented by NotBest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me podcast. 